Welcome to the Story Forest, a podcast of original tales for curious and adventurous children. In this third episode of The Fentons Face the Frost, the children divide as they argue about what is really going on. As Ella and Tom continue on the quest, Jasmine and Joel build igloos up on the hill. Will the family be able to hold off the frost so divided? Written by Anna Roberts and read by her favourite storyteller in the world, her mother, Pam McNaughton. Igloo. When the Lord and Lady of the Frost, their horses tall and pale, come riding high, proud and cold, the ice and winter shall prevail. Set guardians on compass points, when the snow falls thick and deep, hide and gather as the raven cries, safe your friends and flocks to keep. Next, let each homestead mark its boundary, a sign of warmth against the cold. Hold fast to joy and bright spring hope, lest the frost creep in and take its hold. Forces dark and hard will assail you, making strange the place you live. Faces new will come among you to prove the welcome that you give. Then the flashing, crashing power darkens skies and darkens minds. Then the theft of something precious may be never more to find. Ella was reading the book in bed, the book they had found two days ago, the one that had predicted the snow and the ravens, the one that she believed they had to use to stop the Lord and Lady of the Frost making a 50-year winter from overtaking the village. She believed it all, And it seemed that Tom, the youngest, did too. But the twins, Joel and Jasmine, and especially Jasmine, thought it was stupid. Ella sighed loudly. And as she did, her bedroom door opened and Tom scurried in and dived into her bed beside her. It was very cold and he wrapped the covers around him and she yelped and moved her legs away from his freezing feet. Morning, Ella, Tom said, snuggling down onto her pillow. I was reading the book, Ella said. What does it say for today? Tom asked, and Ella read him the two lines that came next in the poem. Next to them was a picture of a house looking warm and cosy against the snow. Next, let each homestead mark its boundary a sign of warmth against the cold. What does homestead mean? Tom said, and Ella frowned. I think it means your house and garden, and like farm or something, if you have it. We don't, Tom said decisively. No, Ella agreed, but the book is very old. Maybe when it was written, more people did. Do we still need to do something? Ella gave a rueful smile. I think, probably, yes. Tom laughed. Then both of their thoughts wandered across the corridor and into the twins' room. The Fentons were all different from each other and had different interests and friends. But still, when they were together on a snow day or holiday or playing a gig or playing a game, or watching an adventure film, they would all join together and become the Fentons, an awesome team of daring kids. 
but here they were facing a real adventure and they were divided. Before long, Tom scurried off so that they could all get dressed and go down for breakfast. Ella read the last verse of the poem before she got out of bed. Stand strong and keep these words close. Guardians four of future Thor, let not strife nor faith divide you, or winter will last half a century more. As she pulled her clothes on, her brow was furrowed and her mind was racing. At breakfast, the twins were already talking excitedly about their plans for the day. Igloos. One of their friends had phoned earlier to say that all the village kids were going to be building an igloo village up on Arley Hill, where more snow had fallen again in the night. Joel was explaining how to do it. So, you just get an ice cream tub or something, the bigger the better, then you pack it with snow really tightly, then you tip it out and it turns into a snow brick, then you use those to build the igloo round and round. Easy! Mum laughed. It won't be quite as easy as you think. I built one once a long time ago. It took forever. But there are loads of us, Joel protested, and Mum laughed again. Well, I'll come round to your igloo for a cup of tea this afternoon, shall I? While the twins argued about the best shape to build the igloos, Ella was eating her toast with a faraway look on her face. Penny for your thoughts, Ella, Dad said with a smile in her direction. Ella seemed to wake up. I think I'll go and see Mrs Mondoli this morning, she said with a smile. Good idea, Tom said. I'll come too. He looked over to the twins, but they barely even noticed. OK, Dad said, pulling a face. Well, I'm sure she'll be glad to see you. I'm going to work from home today. I don't think anyone should be going far in this snow. After breakfast, the kids got ready, the two teams not really talking to each other. Ella and Tom desperately wanted the twins to help them but had no idea how to ask. And the twins knew, but didn't want to get into it, and were really excited about igloos. The twins set off first, loaded up with ice cream tubs, spades, buckets, and cups, and a flask with hot chocolate to share. Tom and Ella left a few minutes later, taking the main route through the village. When Mrs Mondoli opened the door, she looked pleased to see them and invited them in. Her house was full of things, like a badly organised museum, and Tom stared about him at old plates and photos, newspapers and maps, scarves and pots and vases and boxes. She led them to another overstuffed room where there were some armchairs and sat them down. She disappeared off to make them hot chocolate, fussing about various things. Tom shot Ella a look. Do you think she can really help us? He whispered, and Ella shrugged. It's worth a try, she said in an undertone. Mrs Mondoli came back in with a plate of biscuits. It seemed to take her forever to make them all drinks, 
and watching her, Tom thought of a bird pecking around on the ground looking for something to eat, looking at each tiny speck over and over. Eventually, they were all sitting down. Tom and Ella said very polite thank yous, drank some hot chocolate, munched at their biscuits, and then Ella brought out the book. We were wondering if you might know anything about this, she said, looking straight at the old lady. Mrs Mondoli beamed. I should think so, considering it was I who gave it to you. And a good thing too. So, it's real. How did you get it? Tom said, with big eyes. It certainly is real. Mrs Mondoli stared at him for a moment. I saw it last time, 50 years ago. I lived here, I was a young woman. Though I suppose you wouldn't think me young. She frowned a little. None of us knew what was happening, of course. But there were the ravens and the snow and then the the other things. She took a sip of her tea and Tom thought her face looked troubled, as though memories of her past were dancing in front of it. She continued, I only found out what had really been going on years later when the Wallaces were moving out of the village. The youngest child came to see me and told me all about the Lord and Lady of the Frost and the book. He asked me to watch for the right family when the 50 years came again. And I found you. Why us? Ella blurted. She had a thousand questions, but this was the one that jumped to her lips first. Mrs Mondoli switched her gaze to Ella. I I just knew, I suppose. That didn't feel very helpful, especially when Joel and Jasmine were ignoring everything that was going on. What do we need to do next? Tom asked. The clue says something about something warm and homesteads. Mrs Mondoli frowned. Oh, you'll have to work all those things out for yourselves. I'm sure I don't remember. Although that does make me think of something. She was silent for a moment. I, I don't remember, but I think it was in the newspaper. Yes. She frowned again, and the moment came that Ella had been dreading. Her eyes seemed to dim, her grip weaken. She changed her stance. What were we talking about? She said, looking a little anxious. Was it the snow? Mrs Mondoli didn't come back to herself for the rest of their visit and they had to sit politely, eating and drinking as she talked about snow and her childhood. Then it was time to go. After thank yous they left and the moment they were out of the front door they began. Do you have any idea what we should put outside the front door? Tom said, just as Ella said, maybe we need to look for some old newspapers. They grinned at each other. They both knew exactly where they were going next. In the village shop, Mr Brinton kept a little corner as a tiny village history section. 
In it were lots of old newspapers. As they went, Ella did the maths in her head until she knew which year they were looking for. Joel and Jasmine were hard at work too, at the top of Arley Hill. The twins had teamed up with Ollie Hayes to make an igloo together, and though they'd been working all morning, they were only just getting to the second layer of bricks. It was hot, hard work, and the twins found that despite the snow, they were very warm. I think we need to make it much smaller, Jasmine said, surveying the wide ring of bricks they had made. Then we can do it faster and actually have some time to play in it. But Joel was determined. If we make it any smaller, there just won't be any point. Uh, Ollie looked between the two of them. He often joined their group and was pretty good at helping the twins to come to some sort of agreement. Why don't we make it a bit smaller, but not loads? The twins agreed and Ollie started shifting bricks as the others made more. Around them, the other kids of the village were building too, with varied success. The Bawtry girls had decided to make a very small igloo indeed, which meant they were up to their thighs already with wall height. It didn't take Ella long to find the right newspaper. They were small, thin papers of only about two sheets, printed weekly. Mr Brinton helped and seemed quite excited to hear of the snow 50 years ago. He hadn't lived in the village then, he said. They looked through a few issues before Tom spotted something on the front cover that caught his eye. It was a teapot. But it was a teapot sat outside a house in the snow. A sign of warmth against the snow. Ella and Tom read it and they knew it was the right one. The whole village had put their teapots on the doorstep because some kids had persuaded them to. Please, please, Mr Brinton, please can we borrow this? Ella said. I promise we'll take care of it. Oh, please, I'll bring it back. Mr Brinton furrowed his brow. He was very careful of his small collection of local history, but he did trust Ella. All right, he said. I can see it's so important to you. Tom squeezed Ella's arm as they walked out of the shop. I've got an idea, Ella. Up on the hill, the children had held a meeting. The igloo building was taking a long, long time. Though Joel was holding fiercely to the vision of a whole village of igloos, most kids wanted to have some time to do other things as well. A vote was proposed. And so, with the strong guiding voices of the older children, the friendships and rivalry simmering under the surface, a vote had been taken. They were going to make one complete igloo. Joel kicked at the snow for a few minutes, murmuring crossly, then got to work. He wasn't one to hold a grudge. Please, it's for a history project, Tom said in his most winning voice, holding up the newspaper for Mrs Summers to see. Mrs Summers frowned, then sighed, then agreed, much as most of the village had done. 
Tom and Ella smiled and said thank you. And as they walked back down the garden, Ella said, we may as well actually make it a history project, you know. And Tom laughed. They had been persuading everyone in the village to put a teapot outside on the doorstep for an imaginary history project. And so far, everyone had said yes. The Fentons met at lunch and Joel and Jasmine gave a long, in-depth account of the happenings of the morning. Ella and Joel sat quietly and as soon as lunch was done, they all shot out again. Joel and Jasmine for the igloo village and Ella and Tom to reach everyone who they hadn't spoken to yet. The igloo, even with everyone's bricks put together, still took a long time, but it gradually grew. As it did, the children couldn't help but keep looking at it to see how much bigger it was. And each time they did, they were filled with a surge of excitement and worked all the harder. The sky was growing dark as the last bricks were placed. It was difficult and even the tallest kids were struggling. A few snow bricks were lost to the process and then finally the igloo was complete. The children cheered and laughed. But as they did, they realised that it had suddenly become quite dark and that the wind had begun to howl and then the snow began to fall again. Let's take shelter, Sam Thornton called loudly, wildly, and the children stormed into the igloo until they were packed in together like puzzle pieces. Outside, the wind howled and rushed. The children's mood changed suddenly. They were quiet. They listened to the wind, which almost seemed to be shrieking and shouting. It felt as though the wind were speaking a language that they should understand, but they could only catch the edges of the words. Despite his very best efforts, Joel could not get the image of tall crowned figures sat on giant horses silhouetted against the sky out of his head. Ella and Joel were on their way home. They had seen everyone and they had even seen most people put out their spare teapot there and then. They were cold and exhausted, but when the wind came, they felt a sense of satisfaction. They had completed the task. The village was safe. The wind howled around them. They joined hands and walked slowly, having to balance themselves as they went. And then Tom's hand squeezed Ella's and he started to push forward more quickly. She looked at him questioningly. Then he managed to shout into her ear. We forgot one, our house, Ella. Ella's heart began to thud. In the middle of this swirling snow and howling wind, it was easy, suddenly, to believe in the Lord and Lady of the Frost, stalking through their village, prowling, hunting. They threw themselves forward, moving as fast as they could. They had reached the copse of trees that stood just beyond their house when they heard it, a wild whinny of a horse just by them. Ella shouted too and threw herself forward but fell onto the floor. Tom hurried to try to help her up but before he could two horses thundered through the clearing with tall pale riders almost glowing against the sky. 
the lady with long pale hair flowing from her crown and bared shoulders against the winter air looked back and caught Ella's eye. She was beautiful as a tree covered in shining ice, strange as the snow makes the world, wild as the longing look Ella had seen once in a caged wolf's eye. And she was gone in a moment. Ella hadn't even looked at the man, but she had seen the Lady of the Frost and something had changed in her heart. Come on, Tom said, pulling at her arm, and Ella got to her feet slowly. They went to the house and placed a teapot outside. There was no sign that anything had happened yet. Up on the hillside, the wind and snow faded. Come on, we need to go. We'll go in groups depending on where we live. We need to make sure everyone gets home safe. I'll call everyone later. Sam Thornton had taken charge and he set Joel and Jasmine to lead a group of children who lived at their end of the village. The children parted and went their own ways, each saying a secret goodbye to the igloo. They touched it or looked one last time or spoke it a secret message in their minds. They had made it and it had protected them no one would ever forget. Joel and Jasmine had dropped all of the children off when they came to their road. Did you see all the teapots? Jasmine was saying when they heard a new noise. They looked up. Ahead of them, two white horses rushed away into the night, tall riders on their backs. A rush of cold seemed to flow after them. The twins stopped. It's them. Jasmine whispered. Joel reached out and took her hand, something they rarely needed to do. They always felt togetherness, but right now they needed the reassurance. It's real, Joel said. The Fenton children had long discussions that night. Many sorries were said and new promises and agreements were forged. The poem was discussed and dissected, and theories and plans and stories were shared. Ella should have felt much better as she climbed into bed. Certainly the rest of them did. Tom at having his siblings united, Joel at having a real-life enemy to defeat, Jasmine at having something to throw her whole self into. But Ella couldn't help but think of the Lady of the Frost and that look in her eyes. But the third day of the frost was over. The end. Thanks for listening. The next episode comes out next week as Jasmine and Joel get properly involved in the quest. If you can't wait, check out some of the other series. There's the Sapphire Islands, where Toby and Eva are searching for their parents on the mysterious and magical islands. Or the Princess Isabel series, where she and her friends solve magical mysteries of all kinds. Enjoy your half term and see you next week.